Hello, welcome to another episode of Walk a Day in My Culture. This is a podcast where I help you increase your cultural awareness by simply talking about the daily experiences I have as a Black woman. Now, you know, I say every week, I believe that if you guys can hear my experiences, you can hypothetically walk a day in my culture, which will help you to literally walk on the path of increasing your cultural awareness. So... Let's get into today's episode. But before I get into the details of today's episode and what it will entail, I just want to thank everybody who responded to the poll that I did on Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, you need to be. My handle is bloom into your best self. And over there, a couple of weeks ago, I asked you all what did you think? Like, should I take a holiday break from the podcast? Should I keep the episodes coming? And a lot of you guys answered. Now, y'all was giving me mixed messages, which is why I'm on here today, because a lot of you said take a break. A lot of you also said keep the episodes coming. More of you said take a break than um, those of you who said keep the episodes coming, but not a lot more. So the plan is for me to do today's episode, which is airing right now, and then do next week's episode. And then for the week of Christmas, take that time off. And then I'll come back and um, do an episode for you guys on New Year's. I think that's going to be really cute to do a New Year's episode for you all because it happens to fall on a Wednesday and my podcast happens to be released on Wednesdays. So I'm excited for that. Um, So hopefully I can stick to the plan and take a break because I always have something to say. (laughs) That's the reason I'm on here today. Um... But I'm going to most likely take a break for that week of Christmas and, you know, I'll be back and we'll just kind of keep it moving. So I just wanted to tell you all, thank you so much for participating in that and to also follow me on Instagram if you are not doing so. So let's get into today's episode, which is entitled Miscarriages Are Real. Um, Clearly by the title, this is going to be just a very serious episode. Um, And, you know, it was inspired by my journey to motherhood. And this is something I've really, really wanted to do an episode on and just come on and talk about it. But for some reason, I just haven't done it. And I can't figure out why. So when I'm being real honest with myself and thinking, I think it's two reasons why I haven't talked about this topic because I am very open. If you guys follow my newsletter or if you've heard a couple of my podcasts, you all know I have a baby and you all know I've had three miscarriages. If you follow me for any time, you know that. So I'm open about kind of doing a quick here or there saying um, saying those things in the right context. But as far as a deeper conversation, I just... I ain't did it. And so I think one reason is, you know, I just don't know what to say. Like, I know what to say because I've experienced it, but then I don't know what to say because it's always like that woman out there listening and you can say something that lands the wrong way. And this is just not one of those topics, especially given my experience, where I want anything to land the wrong way with someone who is experiencing miscarriages. So that's one reason. But the bigger reason 
is I just, I don't want to get emotional on my podcast. Like I just don't, I don't do vulnerability like that. Um, especially with people I don't know. And I really don't, I I don't even like to do it with the people I know. And so I am very aware that there are people who listen to my podcast who don't know me from a can of paint and I don't know y'all from a can of paint. And so it's just hard to even think about like, if I get emotional about this topic, which, you know, it's okay to be emotional about this is people out there that actually don't know me on a personal level. And that just makes me a little nervous if I'm keeping it real. Because again, even with my friends and family, I don't like to get emotional with them. I know y'all listening. Thank y'all for listening. Hey, friends and family, you know, and so I'm just saying, I don't want to get choked up because this is such a sensitive topic, but I'm just going to do it. And we're going to just jump into the topic. Hopefully it's not scattered and all over the place because this is just, this is a topic that is so near and dear to my heart for so many reasons. Um, And some of those reasons I'll get into today. And so sometimes I can go off on these tangents when I'm talking about miscarriage, but I'm going to try to keep it cute and organized. Um... And throw in some humor where appropriate, because sometimes you got to laugh to keep from crying. And we're going to just talk about this topic because it's a topic that really needs to be talked about. I wrote about it in, I believe I wrote about it in July of this year, 2019. And I caught my um, newsletter article, Miscarriage and Unspoken Taboo in the Black Community, because that's just what it is. And then recently... I wrote about um, miscarriage for the Oakland Post. For those of you who are in the Bay Area, you know, um, the city of Oakland has a newspaper that comes out. And so I wrote about miscarriage for that because I really want to bring awareness um, to miscarriage and especially to miscarriage in the black community and just how that affects us. Um, and not to say that other women who aren't black don't have and aren't affected when they have miscarriage, but for us, it's a little different and I'm going to break that down today. So I'm passionate about this topic. I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to talk about it today because it's something that I've really, really want to talk about for several weeks. And I keep getting nudged in this direction to just talk about it and, You know, again, this was inspired by my journey to motherhood, but it was further inspired by me minding my own business yesterday and scrolling through Instagram and somebody had posted in their story that Beyonce did an interview with Elle magazine where she came out and talked about the fact that she had several miscarriages. And so I was like, Jesus, what? Why, Lord? Why are you nudging me? Because I'm telling y'all, this is something I have wanted to talk about for like several weeks. And every time I end up talking about it, like I end up just feeling so much better and actually running into somebody who will share their story with me. Um, And so it's just a sign that like, maybe this is going to help somebody out there listening. So Anyway, that's what happened yesterday. I was I was chilling, you know, trying to put the baby to sleep, scrolling through Instagram when she was falling asleep. And lo and behold, here we go with the Beyonce talking about that she had several miscarriages. And again, 
I am a Beyonce fan. And so I knew that she had one miscarriage. I didn't know that she had several. And so it's not to say that one miscarriage is not as painful as having several miscarriages. It's just to say that miscarriage is way more common than people think. And so I remember when I had my first miscarriage in 2016, I was told by my OBGYN that one in four pregnancies result in a miscarriage. Now for y'all out there listening, that might not seem like a lot. You might just be like, oh, it's just one in four. First of all, just be mindful of using the word just. Sometimes I got to catch myself, right? Because it's not just one miscarriage. That's a big deal when a woman has a miscarriage. So let's just be mindful. But really, really think about it. So one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. That means a woman who has multiple children has probably had one or more miscarriages. And let's just think about it. Since we're on this Beyonce train, think about it. She has three children and she has had several miscarriages. And so we don't know when those miscarriages happened, but we know she's had several. And just think, just really, really think about it. Like, I know some women who have had, you know, two or three kids, but they had a miscarriage before the first kid, maybe after the, the, after the first kid or in between the first and second kid. It's a common thing. And when I think about myself and my story and what me and my husband has gone through, you know, I've been pregnant four times and I have one baby. I've had three miscarriages and then I've had one baby. So that's one in four pregnancies that have resulted in a miscarriage. And so just, we got to keep in mind that miscarriage is way more common than people think. And so many women have had miscarriages. And so many of us do not talk about this topic for what reason? I don't know. But let me tell you, every single woman I talked to and disclose that I had a miscarriage, either she had had a miscarriage or she knew somebody that she was close with who had had a miscarriage. But nine times out of 10, every single woman I revealed that I had a miscarriage to, I swear, almost every single woman said that she had a miscarriage. And so that's a lot. That's a lot of women. And then when we look at the facts for black women and why miscarriages hit hit us in a different way because I don't want to say it hits us harder because miscarriages are hard for any woman I don't care if you white black purple green blue polka dot or striped if you are a woman and you have had a miscarriage a black woman's miscarriage is the same level of pain as a white woman's miscarriage miscarriages are painful um but I do want to say and I do want to focus on the first part of the show by just talking about why miscarriage just hits us differently in a different way, in a different type of pain um, for us. And so I'm going to just jump right into that. And then we're going to get into kind of like some tips that I want to give folks that are trying to support people that have had miscarriages. So even if you're not a woman 
or even if you are a woman and have never experienced a miscarriage, you still need to listen to the show so you know how to support someone who might reveal to you that they've had a miscarriage. And then for you guys listening, I actually want to save the best for last. For those of you who have had miscarriages before or have had a miscarriage, you know, I just want to give some encouragement at the end to you. Um, and so that's what's going to happen at the end of the show. So let's just get into it and kind of why black women are hit harder when we um, have miscarriages. So the first thing I want to go into is just as black women, we are two times more likely than white women to have a miscarriage. Now, I don't know from the article that I read, and I don't have it in front of me, so sorry, don't quote me. I'll um, probably leave it in the show notes. Um, for the article that I read, I'm not sure if it's only black women and white women being compared or if that was black women compared to all women. But the article specifically said that black women are two times more likely than white women to have a miscarriage. And it went on to say that socioeconomic status has nothing to do with it. For those of you who don't know what socioeconomic status is, it's just a fancy way of saying your income level. So it doesn't matter if you are low income, medium income, high income, or just rolling in the dough. It don't matter. Like your rate for miscarriage is still two times higher than a white woman, just for the simple fact that you're a black woman. And even the researchers in this article were kind of scratching their head and like, we don't know why black women are more likely, but they were hinting and alluding to the fact that the level of racial trauma that we deal with um, hits us harder and it gives us a lot of stress. And then that impacts our ability to have full-term pregnancies. Um, So yeah, that just that in and of itself makes miscarriage hit us in a different way than other cultures. Um, And then the other point is, point number two is that the medical system, we don't trust the medical system and we are mistreated by the medical system. And that's like a known fact. I've written about this um, in an article of mine for my monthly newsletter. Y'all need to be subscribed to my monthly newsletter. If you are not, go on to my website, www.bloomingtoyourbestself.com and look up um, the articles that I wrote on systemic oppression. And the medical system is one of those. And this is just a known fact. It's research out there that black people are treated very different. Um, we die more from like asthma attacks and cancer. We're just not treated right in the medical system. And we don't trust the medical system for these reasons, for current reasons and for past generations of mistreatment. And so when we are going through miscarriage or infertility, it's really hard to trust the people that are supposed to be quote unquote on your team and helping you to, you know, figure out what's going on. I will never forget my experience being in these doctor's offices and trying to find out what was happening for me. Low, not lo and behold, but thank God, my primary OBGYN, she is a black woman. She is highly respected. Um, and so she linked me up with a specialist. But before she linked me up with the specialist that I ended up getting, I had a, um, 
Oh, I'm losing my train of thought. Sorry, y'all. I had a doctor who was so insensitive to what was going on for me. I felt like, I literally felt like a lab rat. The way that she just was engaging with me, being very scientific and how she was explaining stuff as I'm sitting there crying, as my husband is trying to console me. And she's just like oblivious to what's going on. Instead, he's talking about signing consent forms in case I have to do IVF and getting all these labs run and, you know, all this. She was just so insensitive. What made it even worse, though, is she was also a doctor of color. She was an Asian woman and... It just hit harder because I'm like, well, damn, like you are a woman of color, too. Like you should understand what's going on. But to her, I was just a chart. I was just a number. And then I got linked up with somebody else who wanted to do, you know, robot experiment on me. Literally, those was her words. And this was a white woman up in San Ramon. And for those of y'all who are not familiar with the Bay Area, San Ramon is real it's real white in a different way. Um, And so these were the things I was experiencing and encountering. And again, thank God I had trust built with my OBGYN because then she linked me up with a specialist and this lady was badass. And I'm telling you, if anybody is struggling with their journey to parenthood, motherhood, infertility, miscarriage, and you live in the Bay Area, you can DM me, you can email me, and I will gladly pass her information along to you. She is another doctor of color. I think she may be Latina. Um, and she is just bomb. And just the way she worked with my OBGYN and how she worked with me and my husband, it just was a really good experience. But prior to that, I want you guys to keep in mind these stories that I just shared. And that is a lot of what we go through as black women when we have these miscarriages you know you have to have procedures done sometimes after a miscarriage and and people just have to understand that we have not been treated right in the medical system and so when we have to go into these establishments in such a vulnerable place in our lives and then to continue to be mistreated and you know we don't trust who we're dealing with that makes miscarriage even harder. So keep those things in mind. And the last tip, or not tip, but the last thing that I want to point out in regards to how miscarriage lands really differently with um, us as as Black women, you know, I always talk about slavery and the Middle Passage, and I know people get tired of hearing it sometimes, but I'm going to really, you know, challenge you to check yourself if you starting to get tired of hearing about it, because these things are ingrained in our roots and have an effect on us. Um, And, you know, that's why I still talk about it. So when we think about the Middle Passage, which is when, um, you know, Africans were taken from their country and brought over here to the Americas, we have to really think about how this affected the wombs of black women, uh, how it affected our uterus, how it affected our reproductive system. And this is where my black psychology training comes in at, you know, my husband talks a lot on his show, the black male therapist about black psychology and how we go to these meetings and we learn all this stuff and kind of really connected to today um, and times and today. And so there were women who were pregnant um, on these ships that were coming to America these were there were women who 
gave birth on these ships that were coming to America. And some of those women took drastic measures of either jumping overboard while pregnant or throwing their babies overboard while, um, when, when they could so that the, our babies would not be subjected to this life of torture that they were sailing to. And when we think about it from the perspective of black psychology, I rem, I, I remember, um, uh, Dr. Wade Nobles, um, talking and saying, you know, ancest like the, the ancestors sometimes come back in baby form, right? Because they, they were thrown over the ships and then they come back in a, a recreated way within our womb. And sometimes we aren't able to carry full term because we aren't necessarily connected with the ancestors or don't have that type of community where we can kind of talk about what's going on with us and about what's going on with our bodies. And so we just really have to pay attention to what happened during the Middle Passage. And we also have to pay attention to what happened during slavery and really pay attention to what happened to the wounds of Black women during slavery. We were raped repeatedly and all the time. And that is trauma and tragedy happening to the wound on such a deep level that followed, you know, generation after generation after generation. And it still sticks with us and sticks within our soul. And babies were ripped away from our ancestors. Babies were sold. Babies were, you know, separated from families and babies weren't claimed. When the slave master raped a slave woman, she ended up pregnant and had to give birth babies weren't claimed. And even if a black slave, which I mean, I doubt that this happened, but just happened to not be raped by the slave owner and just, you know, recreated with her husband, um, her womb wasn't protected. Her womb wasn't allowed to heal. She had to give birth and go right back into the field and work. And so let's just really think about what happened to the wounds of the women back in the day and how that generational trauma of the wound of the uterus of the reproductive system, how that trauma has transcended and followed us for generations after generations, which makes miscarriage for us really different when we experience it because our babies didn't have a chance from the beginning. And so now we're in times where it's kind of like our babies don't necessarily have a chance in the womb sometime. And then it's a whole nother plethora of things you have to think about when the baby makes it out the womb. So let's just keep those things in mind. I know that was a lot. So I'm gonna let y'all take a break right now and just recollect yourself, go get you some water, reposition your seat in, put your feet up because then or now should I say, I'm gonna give you some tips on how to support any woman that you encounter who has dealt with a miscarriage. So she could be black, purple, blue, brown, pink, striped, polka dot. It don't matter. This, these tips are going to be helpful for any woman in your life that you know who has experienced a miscarriage. So I'm going to take these little commercial breaks, give y'all a moment to recollect yourself, give myself a moment to recollect myself. And I'm going to come back and we're going to just keep on going with the show.
So I had to pause my podcast just for a second and do a shameless plug and ask you a question. Are you subscribed to my newsletter? If so, thank you so much for your subscription. And if not, why not? Go to my website, www.bloomintoyourbestself.com and sign up. I have two versions of my newsletter and they are both fabulous. I have a free version and I have a paid version. Both are outlined on my website, so you can go over, check it out, and see which subscription works for you. But there's really no excuse to not sign up because there is a free subscription version. So go check it out. Look at my website, www.bloomintoyourbestself.com, and subscribe to one of my newsletters. If you are liking my podcast, then you are going to love my newsletter. Whether it's the free version or the paid version, they're both high quality and you will love them. So go sign up. All right, let's get back to the podcast. All right, y'all y'all cool? Y'all got yourselves collected and gathered? I know it's a heavy topic today. Um, but it's an important topic. And so let's just stick with it and let's keep it moving. So let's get into some tips on how you can support women in your life or women in general who have experienced a miscarriage. Um, so my first tip, which I think is the most important tips of them all is do not cry. Keep your questions to yourself and don't be nosy. What do you mean by that, Narissa? Let me break it down for you. You know, I was so tired of people coming up to me and my husband and being like, y'all still don't have no kids yet? How long y'all been married? When y'all gonna have some babies? When y'all gonna fill this house up with some children? And I just wanted to cuss people out because It really was like, you don't know my story. You don't know what's happening with my uterus. You don't know what's going on in my household or in my bedroom. Mind your business. So again, I say, do not pry. Just don't ask those questions. It don't matter if you are a family member. It don't matter if you a best friend. It doesn't matter. Don't ask those questions because a lot of times when people are struggling with fertility issues, they don't talk about it openly with a bunch of people. This is not just something that we just go around and sharing information about with the world because it's difficult, it's delicate, and it's dicey. And so even if it's a family member that you think you close with and you cool with, you don't know what they dealing with. So don't pry Don't ask no questions. Don't talk to nobody about when they having kids, why they ain't had no kids, and how long they've been married in this relationship still with no kids. It just is, just don't do it. It's just not okay. And my husband had to stop me so many times from me responding, oh, well, you know what? We actually just had a miscarriage. Because I just wanted to see what people would say. Like, you know, maybe if I can educate one person, 
then that one person to go educate a whole bunch of other people. But he stopped me from having, you know, a breakdown. Because after three miscarriages and people want to keep asking you questions about when you go have a baby, you know, you don't want the answer. And so just don't ask no questions. And for those of you who are listening and feel like those questions are bombarding you and you feel the same way and it's kind of like, you know, I don't know what to say, but I'm, I don't want to lie. I know I heard Eve, the rapper on The Breakfast Club, and she was kind of talking about, she wasn't talking about having miscarriages, but she just was talking about how people, you know, just ask questions about when her and her husband are going to have kids. And I started saying this response because I was like, oh, that is genius and it's brilliant. And she said, she started telling people, I'm not not trying to have kids. And that became my response. And it caught people off guard when people be like, when you and I ain't gonna have a baby? And I'm like, well, we ain't not trying to have a baby. And then people would stop because then it's like, oh, okay, right? Because then you can start wondering, oh, well, maybe it's not as easy for them. Or like, what does that mean? But it, it like stops people in their tracks without necessarily being super rude but still kind of being like back up a little bit and so maybe that's a response that you can take but for other folks out there listening just don't ask the question so we ain't got to try to figure out how to respond to you don't be nosy in that area be nosy everywhere else but don't be nosy in the area of why ain't nobody having no kids because you could just be really stirring up some wounds that are either old or fresh and you don't want to do either one of those mind your business okay the next thing (laughs) number two watch your words now I say this with love because I know us friends and family listening and uh, so many of y'all and probably said these things to me before and meaning well um but we got to just be mindful of how you say things right And so a lot of times I would get the encouragement of, well, you know, in due time or it's not God's timing yet or everything happens for a reason. And even the, you know, you'll be able to have kids. Maybe this is just not the way you have kids. Maybe it's not biological. And again, well-meaning comments, trying to find a way to kind of support me and, you know, help me feel uplifted and all of that good stuff. But at the same time, it's really difficult when you are going through a miscarriage, when people are trying to show you the light or trying to give you hope and you ain't got hope yourself, right? And so in this area, it's just best to kind of just tip light with your words. You know what I mean? Kind of just, just let the person take the lead because for me, I was feeling like, you know, in due time, I mean, I done had three miscarriages. Maybe it ain't God's will for me. You know what I mean? Or, you know, I don't want to have a baby another way. Like for me, it was wanting to have a baby biologically and grow within my womb and to have that feeling. And I know there's other ways to be a mom. I definitely respect everyone out there who have taken alternative methods, even if you didn't have to take alternative methods. But for me, that wasn't what I wanted to do. And so when people said that to me, it just made it worse, even though they meant well. Um, So just 
just be careful with your words. Sometimes you just might not be able to say anything, which feels crappy because you want to support the person that you love. But you also just got to be careful with how you say things. And sometimes it's probably just best to maybe check in with them and see if it's okay to even offer suggestions or offer up advice or even if that was okay the way you said it, right? You might just have to have a conversation. The other thing, number three, there is no time limit on grieving. I just, I just, oh, I just want to make that clear because I feel like people think that, okay, you had a miscarriage three years ago. You got to just get over it. And this is something that we don't get over as women who've experienced a miscarriage because there's several forms of grief that happen. There's the grief of, I got pregnant. Then there's the grief that this baby did not come to term. This baby, I will never get to physically meet, so to speak, because you can always spiritually be in connect connection with that baby, that baby spirit. And the grief of every time the, the calendar turns, so to speak, you're reminded that you were pregnant during this time. And you're reminded that you would have had an actual baby during this time of the year. It's all type of grief that happens and it keeps coming up. And for me, just when I thought that I was okay and I was cool and was accepting the fact that, okay, I ain't pregnant. I lost this baby. Maybe this is not what's going to happen for me. Then somebody would just come up pregnant that I just like, we ain't talked to them in 50,000 years. And now we get notifications that they pregnant and invited to baby showers. And it's just like, what? So then you're reminded again of the grief that you're trying to get over. So for people supporting women who've had miscarriages, just know that there's just no time limit on grief. Like we grieve and we may grieve for a short period of time. We may grieve for a long period of time. We may have a, a subtle form of grief for the rest of our life because that's something that you never really get over. And you guys need to be sensitive to that and understanding of that. And ain't nobody getting over it. It's just, it is what it is. And on the same piggyback of there's no time limit to grief, the fourth thing I want to bring up is moms can grieve too. And by that, I mean, if a mom already had a baby and then they had a miscarriage, the fact that she had a baby prior and has a baby, so to speak, does not mean she doesn't have the right to grieve losing this baby. And it doesn't make it okay just because she already has a baby. Like she still has the right to grieve. You know what I mean? Like she has the right to grieve that her child won't have a sibling. She has the right to grieve that she won't be able to be the mother of two or the mother of three or the mother of four or however many kids she already has. She has the right to grieve. So moms have a right to grieve also. I think that's something that's very overlooked in miscarriage. And this is not my personal story, but it's just something that I've thought about for people that I know who have had miscarriages, but already have children. And, you know, just feeling like they can't grieve, which is BS. Like who in society said they can't grieve because they already got a baby? Like where they do that at? Like she still lost the baby. She can grieve too. And so just keep that in mind. And that goes back with watch your words. So, you know, don't be saying stuff like, well, you already have a baby and God has already blessed you. It don't matter. Like she wanted the baby that she carried. And so just 
just keep it in mind that moms can grieve too. Um, two more, and then we're going to get into some encouragement. Even if a baby is born, right? The mom still has the right to have a difficult time. And so by that, I mean, in my case, right? Like through three miscarriages, now I have a beautiful little blessing of joy. I still have the right to feel like this is hard being a mom. This is difficult at times and I'm having a hard time. And I don't need, because I've had responses, well, you pray for that baby. Yes, yep, I did. I pray for the baby. Thank you, Jesus. And it's still hard, okay? And thank you, Jesus, for walking with me through this difficult time and for him not judging me for having a difficult time. Because just because we prayed for these babies and just because we were blessed with a baby with no issues, or anything like that, it does not mean that we can't have a difficult time. Just because I had a miscarriage or three miscarriages or two miscarriages or however many miscarriages we've had as women doesn't mean now when this baby comes, everything is just perfect and hunky-dory. No, motherhood is hard. Motherhood is rewarding. Motherhood is beautiful. But motherhood is a transition and it's a beast. And I'm going to have my moment of difficult time. I'm going to continue to thank God for my baby. But I'm not going to drive myself crazy by pretending like everything is always perfect and cute. And so for people out there who have been on folks with their journey to being mothers... Um, and have prayed with people, you know, to have their babies or whatever form of support that you offer someone, just keep in mind that uh, she still has the right to have a difficult time, even though she prayed for this baby and had the history of miscarriage. She still has the right to have a hard time. It's hard being a mom, okay? So just saying, yes, these are blessings of joy. I love my baby and I cut you if you try to mess with her, but it's still hard. I mean, it's still hard. So keep that in mind. The last tip, and I think this is also very, 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 very important. Don't allow the person in your life to isolate. Now, this is hard, (laughs) especially I think for black women, because we isolate, but we try to act like we got it all together sometimes. And we act like we super women and we just busy and this is a net. Let me tell you, folks was getting on my nerves so bad, reaching out to me, calling me. If I didn't answer the phone, folks would start texting me and continuing to call my phone until I just had to give in because I was isolating. I didn't want to be bothered. I was tired of talking about it. It had happened three times. Like, what else am I going to say? I'm over it. And wasn't nobody trying to let me sit up and be isolated. People let me have my feelings. You know, people let me feel down and all that kind of stuff. But people like the people in my life, the ride or die folks was like, we ain't going to let Narissa isolate. Like, that's not what we about to do. And so I encourage you guys, don't let the person isolate, even if the person pushes you away. Because I was doing a little pushing away of some people and, you know, they gave me a moment but they, they didn't go away. So don't let the woman isolate. You know, you don't have to necessarily talk about miscarriage. Um, it wasn't like people was calling me being like, are you okay from the miscarriage? People just was calling me. Hey girl, how you doing? Haven't heard from you in a while, you know, or sending me a text. Hey, how you doing? How's things going? How's work? People just kept kind of checking in on me 
talking with me and not necessarily talking with me about miscarriage. They just wasn't letting me isolate. So thank you to all my friends and family that's listening because y'all show was, ooh, y'all was determined. So I appreciate it. And it's important. So don't let the person isolate because isolation just breeds depression in this uh, scenario of miscarriage. It's because it's, it's so isolating and it's so lonely but it's common with so many women and it ain't much out there, which is irritating. It's just not many resources out there for women who've struggled with miscarriage. And the the resource I found, the lady was charging money and I just felt some kind of way about that. I mean, as a therapist, I get that you have to make income, but I don't believe in making income in that kind of way with this type of trauma and this type of pain. So That's just my personal experience. So don't let the people isolate. All right. So to the to the people listening that are dealing with miscarriage um, to the women um, that are struggling with this, I just want to say a couple of things to you directly. And the 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 first thing is I don't necessarily know what to say to you that would be comforting. Um, Nothing might be comforting for you in this moment. And I remember nothing being comforting to me at a point um, and just kind of feeling hopeless and kind of like feeling like, well, I guess this is my life and I guess this is my story. And so I'm real careful with how I want to give you all encouragement Um, because even though I've had my own journey with miscarriage, it's still words land differently for everybody. And I want to be sensitive to that. Um, but I do, I do want to speak to you directly. And I think the first thing I want to say is that you have a purpose outside of being a mom. And I know that is like gut wrenching to hear because, you know, it was gut wrenching for me to even think about that. And I know I'm coming from a whole nother perspective because I ended up with my blessing of joy. I get it. I do, I do get that I'm, I have a whole nother perspective, but I, I will never forget like being by myself and thinking and reflecting. I won't ever forget the feeling of like, maybe I'm not going to be a mom and maybe I have to find purpose in something else besides being a mother. And so I just want to say to you, that you do have purpose outside of being a mom. Maybe your purpose is to, you know, throw yourself in your career and let it grow and let it flourish and nourish that. Maybe your purpose is to be more involved in church um, or to write a book or to be there for that family member that actually needs a motherly figure in their life. Um Maybe it's to be there for a friend. Maybe it's to volunteer. I don't know what your purpose is, but I think sometimes as women, we feel like our mother, our womanhood is challenged if we aren't able to carry a baby. And I just want to remind you, and this is hard for me to even say because I've experienced this, but I think it's important for you to know and to hear that your womanhood is not challenged. You carry the baby. 
You might have not carried the baby full term, but you carried a baby. Your body went through pregnancy hormones and your body also went through a very difficult type of trauma that only a woman can experience and only a woman can endure. And if that's not a testament to your womanhood, I don't know what is. So don't let society's image of women being, you know, childbearing and barefoot and pregnant, don't let that make you feel less than a woman. Because let me tell you, having a miscarriage is nothing but a womanly trait that is hard, that is traumatic, that again, I can't say it enough that only a woman can go through and only a woman can endure. And you did carry a baby. Um, And the last thing is you'll get through it. I mean, I know it's hard. I know it doesn't feel like you'll get through it. I know it feels, you might feel bitter. You might feel resentment. You might feel jealousy. You know, there's all these feelings that might come up for you, but you will get through it. I promise you will get through it. Um, It might take some time, but you will get through it. And I don't know how you'll get through it. Everybody's way of coping and dealing with things is different. For me, I prayed, I cried, I got angry, I got happy. I accepted the idea that I wasn't going to be a mom. I rejected the idea that I wasn't going to be a mom. I prayed. I cried. And I say all this to say that you can get through and you might not get your blessing the way you want it, but you will get something out of this and it'll be something beneficial and it'll be something that has made you strong and will be a testament to your character. And you might not see that right now. For me, again, I'm mindful that I'm coming from a very different perspective. But for me, it is the determination to never hide from my story to motherhood, to (laughs) tell my story. And, um, you know, I was I almost made it to the end of the show. But to tell my story and to hope that I can help someone out there that's going through this because it's a very lonely journey. And even though I have my baby and even though I am so grateful to God for blessing me with this baby and even though I walk around and I say, you know, it took Jesus to bless my womb with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then my womb was blessed and I could carry a baby. Like, even though I have all of that, I will never, ever forget that place of pain, and that place of hurt, and that place of despair and discouragement. And so I just encourage you to you know, just continue on with other purposes in your life. Remember that you are special and that you were wonderfully and and greatly made. And I just say to you, woman, I see you. Woman, I feel you. And woman, believe that you have a purpose that's so strong in this life that no one no one can execute it but you. And so that is my rant for today. 
you know, I made it almost to the end without getting emotional. I'm sorry, y'all. But that was my rant for today. Just just remember that. Woman, I see you. Woman, I feel you. Woman, I believe that you have a purpose that is so strong that nobody, nobody, and I mean nobody, can execute that purpose except for you. All right? So that's the show for today. The cultural tidbit is to go ahead on and look up that Beyonce article. Um, I want you guys to find that on your own. I mean, she Beyonce, so I'm sure you can find it real easy. It just came out a day or two ago. And then I'll leave two articles in the show notes for you guys. Um, one of them is the article I referenced earlier um, about women being black women two times more likely than white women to have miscarriages and then the other one is an article from ebony magazine next week's episode will be the last week for 2019 or the last episode should i say for 2019 and that episode is called be relatable it matters so we're going to talk about some real good (laughs) fun stuff in that article it will not be as heavy as today i promise and you know thanks for listening to my rant today Until the next time we chat, I really, really hope that you do something that'll help you bloom into your best self. And I'm very excited to chat with you again so that you can continue to walk another day in my culture. Mm